listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, welcome to a new episode. You already know this podcast is a part of the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. So don't forget, you can subscribe, like, rate us, wherever you get your fix. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. Pretty much you name it, we are there. And of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. Recording this on a late Sunday afternoon, Lakers pulled off a thrilling 114-112 win over the rival Boston Celtics. Awesome game to watch. I don't know if you get a chance to to go back if you missed it, but definitely want to check this one out. Even though the refs weren't exactly awesome themselves, either way, Lakers sitting at 43-12 and on top of the Western Conference, and they're going to be getting some help as well. News broke earlier today, uh, again on Sunday, that they have, even though they lost out on Marcus Morris, the Lakers did add Markeith uh, after he was bought out by the Pistons last week. So joining me to break all this down, former Laker and longtime NBA player. He also hosts a podcast on the Believe Podcast Network with Nick Hamilton, Kareem Rush. Kareem, what's going on, my man? How you doing, man? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. After all, that game took a lot out of me. It was going back and forth, and I was having a heart attack watching Tatum kind of lighten up the uh, lighten up the Lakers there. Uh, what did you think of the game when, when you were watching it? Did you kind of – is there anything you picked up on that maybe the Lakers like to do offensively that you'd like to change? Because from my perspective, I was looking at it – at times they do get a bit stagnant, don't they, late in games where it's either looking at LeBron isolation. He had that, that beautiful fadeaway in the, in the post, uh, and obviously they look for AD down low. But is there something that you picked up on this game that you looked at with the Lakers offense that you liked and maybe didn't like? I mean, I think the, uh, the the main story about this year is, is LeBron's usage. Uh, and AD's been the kind of go-to guy, but, you know, everything is pretty much ran to LeBron. And it's been a huge disparity, you know, when LeBron's off the court. So I think the biggest issue going forward is, you know, managing LeBron's minutes and, and his workload. Uh, granted that he's amazing. <laughs> year 17, I don't think the guy's ever slowing down. Uh, but at the end of the day, that stuff eventually does catch up to you. I don't care how uh, prepared you are and how much you work um but you know you know finding that you know second facilitator rondo came in and played well today um but you know that's that's been the biggest concern you know for me uh you know you know with this year uh, but so far so good uh you know i, I like the addition uh they just with morris uh providing some more toughness uh which is what they need uh granted you have dudley but he's not, he's not a rotational player you know so you, you need somebody in there with, with some grit uh, to match uh, what, what the Clippers are going to eventually bring, who I, I, I foresee them, you know, you know, meeting in the Western Conference Finals. So, uh, all in all, a great win. You know, obviously, the, you know, the Kobe situation is still within in the air. Uh, it was great to see, you know, former Lakers, I mean, Celtics come out with Bill Russell wearing the jersey. So, that still is still heavy, uh, you know, in the air uh, with the Memorial being tomorrow. But it was, it was a good win, uh, you know, a storied uh, rivalry. Uh, an awesome game to watch. And I mean, like I said, let us pull it out. You know, LeBron hit that amazing shot. I think the shot of the game, that turnaround you said. Uh, but yeah, and then moving forward, and, you know, I think, the, you know, the skies is, I mean, it's looking pretty good for them. You know, I, I'm excited about where they're going. I like how they're playing. But like I said, adding that additional facilitator, score, toughness is something that, you know, I'm still worried about a little bit. Yeah, that, that was that was something I noticed in this game, too. And, I mean, if, again, for the people who didn't watch, if you didn't get a chance, so Kyle Kuzma played great. Uh, he finished with 16 points, 6 of 13 shooting. He was aggressive. He had some big, big defensive plays, and that's been kind of – he does let up, and he's not a great defender, uh, which has never been his strong point. But, I mean, like you, and you mentioned, you know, Rondo came out four points, uh, five assists. He was a defensive fourth with, with, with five steals. It went out, you know, we watched pretty much all every every – Lakers game and I know you know you definitely check them out whenever whenever you can and, and, and watch as much probably as I do but 
uh, how important is this bench? And and I think that that that's something I've been I've been noticing all season is is when the bench struggles, and I'm, I'm not talking about against the lo- the lower end teams. I'm talking about upper upper echelon teams uh, like the Celtics, like the Clippers, like the Milwaukee Bucks. When the, when the bench doesn't give them much, this team it has a hard time hanging with 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 the with teams that have a little bit more depth. And then you see the flip side of it when they're when they're getting the performance that they did today. They got 43 points off the bench. Um, adding Morris to that now, I, I think is going to give them another dynamic of a guy who's I mean he's averaging 11 and five. Uh, this season, 11 points, five, five boards a game. So he does bring a little bit of the dy- that dynamic. Uh, when you're looking at this Lakers roster at, at its weakest point, let's say you were a coach and, and you were a coach in the NBA, how would you attack the Lakers and what would your game plan be against them? I mean, you got, I mean, it, it's hard. You got to force LeBron to, you know, do more scoring and get the ball in his hands, you know, make somebody else that, uh, that facilitator uh, or that ball handler. Guys, because like I said, everything right now is created by LeBron. Uh, you know, today they put a little smaller guys on AD. You know, he has, he had some trouble in the post a little bit today, but he did. He still finished strong. But I mean, at the end of the day, you need that third score. You know, Kuz has been the guy that people are looking at, but he's been very inconsistent. Um, the bench is kind of what dictates a, a winning team. And if you don't, if you're not so, uh, solid on your, on your bench, you're going to struggle. There's only so much LeBron and AD can do. Uh, you know, if they're not having an off game, those third that third score can sometimes win you a game. Uh, you know, in the playoffs. You know, LeBron didn't even have an off night, but, you know, third score, like Kuz have shown in, in the past, you know, even though he's been hot and cold, he can go out there and score 30 points. He can potentially win you a game in the playoffs, is what you're looking for in that in that potent third score. So I think at the end of the day, it's still second half, you know, uh, you know, all-stars done. Uh, guys are kind of getting in the mode to, you know, getting ready for the playoffs. So, uh, you know, hopefully Kuz can get, you know, step up and stay consistent. And if that's the case, then I think we're fine. You know, with, with you know, Marcus coming in, I mean, uh, Morris coming in, that, that's another added point to the bench. I like Caruso. I would like to see him get more minutes. Uh, but and, and again, that's, uh, that, that's on the coach's decision. But I, I think all in all, they're right where they want to be. It's a little more consistent from Kuz, you know, will be a great, will be a great start, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, man. I mean, I, I've said that a lot ever since uh, Boogie Cousins ended up getting hurt. Um, you know, and, and if you don't know, again, the Lakers have, have, have way Boogie Cousins, although he's planning on sticking with the team uh, throughout the season. It's more or less a formality just to make the uh, the roster, you know, the the limit work and stuff. So it's not that they, they were cutting uh, Cousins because of something he did. It was just to be able to have this signing with with Markeith Morris. And, and, and you mentioned him. Um, you might mention toughness. And he does bring a lot of uh, versatility. You know what I mean? Are you looking at Morris to be a guy that you're going to have on the court at the end of the game? Uh, potentially. Uh, I, I, like I said, his versatility allows you to do some different things. So. You know, he could be hot in one game, and you want to keep him out there. So it allows you some flexibility on defense and offense. You know, he's able to stretch the floor. That allows AD to play the five. You know, so it allows the coach to do, you know, a, a variety of different things. So I think it all depends on who's playing well. You know, if Kuz is struggling, you can easily insert, you know, Mark uh, Morris in there and be confident that he, he can hold his own, play defense, and knock down shots. So it, just, it gives us more universality you know, and options. And you mentioned off the off the top, Kareem, and, and I agree with you on this as well, man. I mean, I think it's going to be Lakers, Clippers. I think we're on a on a collision course for the hallway series that we've all kind of wanted to see for for quite some time now. Ever since the Clippers kind of started to become relevant, um, how do you think this Lakers roster matches up against the Clippers? Obviously, the Clippers have Marcus Morris. Uh, they've added a bunch of pieces. Reggie Jackson came came off the buyout market from the Pistons and signed there. Uh, to me, the Clippers are a deeper team, but I also look at it like. High-end talent-wise, I'm taking LeBron and AD over Kawhi and Paul George simply because I, I think the, there's a gap between PG and and, uh, and and AD kind of as as the second fiddle. Um, so I think you know beating the Lakers in four times out of seven is is no easy task itself. Uh, when you're looking at it, man, how, how do you think the Lakers match up against the Clippers? Like as as things stand right now. I mean, it, the Clippers when when healthy and and, and now with this uploaded roster, they're going to be hard to match against against anybody in the league. Uh, but you know, like you said. 
uh, the, the top two players in the playoffs, that's what matters most. You know, so minutes are going to go up. You know, guys will be playing 40-plus. So that depth that the Clippers have can be, you know, not as potent as it would be in, in, in the regular season because guys are resting. You're trying to get more guys. So you want to, you know, stack those victories. But in the playoffs, like you said, AD and LeBron, two, two, uh, two of the top five players in the league, I take them winning, you know, two or three games. Like I said, it comes down to that third person who's going to play well off the bench who's going to win the series, you know? So if Lou Williams and, and Heller and all those guys play better than Cruz, I mean, I'm not, I'm not expecting Cruz them to, you know, match those numbers, but they got to be efficient. They got to play well. They got to, they got to play their roles very well. Um, you know, the, the Clippers bench is, is crazy, but if the Lakers bench holds their own, that's going to be the deciding factor in that series, you know, because LeBron, PG, those two going to cancel each other out. It's the other guys going to have to step up and, and make the difference. Yeah, we need somebody to have uh, the podium game, right? The proverbial, hey, that yep. guy went off for, for 25 points, whether it's Caruso, KCP, one of these boys, you know, steps up and does a good job. Uh, they're going to get all the attention with it. Like you mentioned, that could be the difference in making or breaking, winning just that one playoff game that that, that swings the series. Uh, you did mention this too, uh, where you were answering a question earlier. And I got to ask this too, you know, being a fan, obviously never came clo- close to playing in the NBA, although I used to love playing at the y- YMCA back in the day too. But uh, um, the difference between the playoffs and the regular season, like as an NBA player, how do you how do you describe the, the the difference in intensity and and really in game planning between playing a regular season game to a playoff game? I mean, it's just added intensity. I mean, you you compete for a championship. You know, anything. I mean, you study for tests. Anything that you do with the, that's culminating and you know the ability to win something to say you're the best at something. That's what you know the, the playoffs is. In regular season is you know for the fans. You're enjoying it. You, you're getting in shape. You get the rhythm. The season is long. <laughs> Uh, you you enjoying that process, but in the, the day you, you compete to win championships. Uh, then playoffs is just a you know an added intensity. It's hard to it's hard to describe, but uh, you know you're more focused. Uh, you know LeBron always goes to his zero dark thirty, all that type of stuff. So it's just uh, it's what you compete for as a competitor. Uh, it's what you grew up dreaming about. Um, it's winning that championship, holding that trophy. You know, so when that is up on the line, you know things tend to get serious. I'm looking at, you know, we're all, I think we're all kind of looking forward to, to April here, although I, I think the Lakers have pretty much cemented themselves as the top seed in the West. Uh, we're going to take a short break. I want to jump into your career uh, playing with Kobe and as well as, as being a Laker. We'll do that after this short break. Into your, your personal career, you were drafted by the Raptors in 2002. I'm Canadian, so it's always, always yep. good to have a little connection to that. Uh, your rights ended up being traded to the Lakers but before you ever played a game there. What was it like for you? If you look back at him from what you remember, what was that like for you knowing that you're going to start off your career here in L.A.? No, it was awesome. I mean, I was the draft night was a roller coaster. I was expected to go to Indiana at 14, so I, I was one of those guys who dropped. So the, the mood was somber, and then all of a sudden I got drafted by uh, Toronto, I and mean, I'd never been to Canada, so I'm like, oh man, this is this can't get any 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 works. Even though Hakeem <laughs> was there and all those guys there, I, I wasn't really. Now that I, I love Toronto, so if I, looking back, if I got drafted, I probably would have really enjoyed it because Toronto's one of my top five cities in the league. But anyway, at the time. I wasn't too excited about going to Canada. Didn't know anything about taxes, any of that type of stuff. So it was kind of a somber night. Uh, you know, I had all my family and friends there. We actually riding back uh, to the hotel. I was kind of, I was like, I'm not going to any parties. You guys can drop me off, go party. All my friends trying to cheer me up. All of a sudden, my, my agent gets a call on the phone. Uh, bing, bing. Then uh, he's like, yo, you just been traded to the Lakers. So you're right to there. So all of a sudden, you know, the move automatically changes within the limo. We go out, have a party. This is like you said, right after the free peak. So I was like, yo, I'm walking around to a championship. Uh, then, you know, uh, the first three years was, it was unbelievable. 
Yeah, you were, you, were, you mentioned that. And you know what? Like, thank you for mentioning that. Canada's not that bad for you for people who have not been. It's, it's not Siberia. Uh, I, I yeah. Love yeah. It. <laughs> um, that's crazy, though. So did, you, uh, did, you, did your mindset just flip once you got that call from your agent? You're like, you know what, boys, get, get, get the drinks ready. We're going to go and have a celebration. Oh, man, we, sure. we, we kicked it hard that night. We kicked it hard that night. I mean, I was, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go play with Shaq and Kobe. I'm winning the championship my first year. And that was my yeah. first stop. That was going to be dope. I was gonna, I was gonna ask that too. Coming off, coming up next. I mean, they, they, you know, the team was coming off, uh, coming off that three peat then, and 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 you're you're coming in. You know, you're coming into training camp the first time. You see, obviously, a legend in in Shaq and and Kobe Bryant, kind of you know starting to cement himself as one of the best players in the league. How, what was your mindset like coming in as a rookie at that point? Oh, I was coming in, you know, with a, a, a extreme level of confidence. I was in Mizzou, so I was the star there. You know. Came without a lot, a lot of hype. Uh, thought I was going to be a lottery pick, you know. So I was still very confident in what I was doing. And, you know, I enjoyed the opportunity. I, I was my brother went to UCLA, so I was very familiar with LA. Um, I just go out there every spring break, so I was excited about the opportunity. I was playing for such a historic franchise, and with those guys, I was like, "I'm here to make my mark." And that's what every rookie wants to do. You want to prove yourself. You want to show that you, you know, belong there. So uh, the first, you know, first day I got there, I'm thinking I'm doing something special, getting there a couple hours before to warm up and everything. All of a sudden, I get there, and Kobe's already out there sweating. Uh, he didn't played, you know, three games or something, just working on footwork. So right then and there, I knew that, hey, I got to turn this up. I probably want to go to, you know, be something in this league and, you know, be able to, you know, learn under Kobe. I was a two guard. So every day I got a chance to play him one on one and guard him in practice and carry his back and all this stuff. So I got a chance to really learn from him. Uh, he was a little different back then, you know, not as the, uh, the, the godfather that he, that he was becoming uh, before he passed and, you know, being the tutor of all the players back then, he was kind of, like you said, trying to make a name of himself. You know, it was, um, you know, Shaq was a, an alpha. He was an alpha. He was trying to, you know, the three P. I think right then was, you know, the internal uh, thing about how can I do this without Shaq? We're starting to bubble. But, you know, after three P, we're thinking we're going to win more. Um, so the first year, uh, you know, we was, you know, obviously confident that we was going to, you know, win it. You know, Tim Duncan had stopped us that year. Uh, then the following year, um, you know, that whole, you know, the first, you know, Four Hall of Famers on the team, I believe. You know, with Carl and GP came in there. So, favorite to win a championship that year. I started off really hot, eighteen and three. You know, we had a lot of drama, which you know LA teams tend to always have. Uh, you, know, the, the, you know, the Alpha, the Shaq and Kobe battles were an actual real deal. Uh, they really didn't like each other for a while there. I think that's been you know, documented in that, in that sit down they had that it, it was actually a problem uh, between those two. Uh, depending, you know, based off. Shaq not working hard, and Kobe working extremely hard. A b- bunch of different things that went on, but a lot of drama around that year. You know, Kobe was you know going back and forth to into Colorado with that issue, so it's a lot of stuff hanging around that season. But we still managed to you know do what we did uh, and made the finals. Uh, that was kind of my calling card. That, that like you said, that those games that need to have that unsung hero when the you know the, the main guys ain't stepping up. That's when I hit those six threes in the Western Conference Finals to send us to the finals. So, um, like I said, you, you need you know those off the wall performances in the playoffs um, to sometimes get you to the, uh, to, to the finals. So that's what I assume is going to be needed uh, with the, uh, with the like this year. But yeah, my first three years here were, were amazing. You know, after that, that second year we lost, uh, I remember vividly, uh, you know, we was in, um, where were we at? We was in Detroit in the, the meeting rooms kind of afterwards, everybody somber, obviously. And, you know, Kobe was, I was in the people Kobe's and I ain't playing with, with Shaq. That was kind of the start of that, that team being broken up. I remember vividly. And then a couple months later, you know, Shaq was traded. You know, so I got to see that firsthand. It was crazy. Uh, I think looking back, if, you know, those guys could have done it differently, you know, they, they obviously would like to play with each other. That could have been, you know, one of the most historic teams of all time. 
but all in all, a you know, very amazing experience. Got a chance to play with Phil Jackson. Um, you said play with other Hall of Famers, Gary Payton, Carl Malone. Play guys like Rick Fox, Horace Grant, you know, Devin George, Robert Ory. Um, some guys that, you know, and are, are well-known Lakers. Uh, you know, I was part of that, that era, and it was, it was a great time. Yeah, and you mentioned that. You know, you actually you played pretty well throughout the, the 2003-2004 playoffs. And, and like you mentioned, you had that game against uh, the T-Wolves there to, to get the team uh, into the finals against the Pistons. And, you know, you averaged, uh, you know, coming in as a second-year guy, and you mentioned all those 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 legends on your team in, in terms of Shaq, Kobe, uh, Malone, and, and GP. And, and you're looking at it. I mean, you know, you, you played you played pretty pretty well. You played 14 minutes a game. Um, you know, you were hitting, hitting hitting a lot of threes overall, too. What was it like being a part of, of that squad just as an individual? You know, you take away all the drama, you know, of, of, of the stuff that was happening between Shaq and Kobe and, and, and that going on. When you look at it and you're, and you're sitting with these guys, I'm sure you grew up watching on, on TV and, and, you know, Gary Payton, especially in the Sonics days and Malone, obviously, when he was a, a tank with, with Utah. Like, what was that like for you individually? And, and how much did you learn, I, I think, you know, just about playing the game and, and being a pro off of playing with that team? Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, those guys are, you know, you said, are, you know, Hall of Famers. And, you know, I think early, you know, as a 22-year-old, you don't really understand uh, the magnitude of playing with such, you know, legends of the game until you go to places and your career's done and you see, you know, their place, you know, within basketball history and stuff like that. So you really understand how amazing that time was and how hard it is to get to the NBA Finals. I never did it again, you know. So, you know, the first four, three years kind of, you know, spoiled me in terms of my, the rest of my NBA career. But, uh, you know, as as a young guy, you know, you, you want to come into a situation where you plan to compete for a championship and you plan for, you know, things that actually matter, you know. So being able to, you know, be a part of that early on, it was like, you know, being a rock star. I mean, it was it was crazy. You know, we, we had a amazing time, um, you know, learned a lot. You know, I got a chance to be, too, you know, like I said, tutored by Kobe. You know, watch him, you know, first firsthand, just kind of see how he worked and how he practiced. Uh, he wasn't one guy to kind of tell you what you know what to do, but he showed you, you know, what it is to maximize what you, you know, what you get out of your talent. You know, Shaq was just a force. Uh, you know, something that if he played in today's game, I don't know what the league would do. I mean, he averaged 50 a game. Uh, you know, so to play with him and see how, you know, dominant he was, and you know, to see, you know, Carl toward, and telling of his career and you know, what he did, like you said, watching him against Michael Jordan and, 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 and those Bulls teams, you know, it was, it was an amazing, uh, amazing situation. And, um, you know, the team that I look back on and uh, have my finest memories, you know, you know, with, so for me to be able to come back and do this podcast and talk about the Lakers, uh, that's definitely, uh, you know, a dream come true for sure. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, even looking back at that, I don't know. I mean, you know, you guys ended up, that Pistons team was, was one of those rare teams that you see as good as, you know, Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, uh, Rashid Wallace, our Ben Wallace, obviously, of course, and, and Tayshawn Prince. I mean, they, they were like a, a very deep stacked in terms of high end talent, but they didn't have a traditional superstar. You know what I mean? I mean, it wasn't that guy that you were like, hey, they got a LeBron or a, or a Kawhi Leonard or, um, you know, a Giannis. We're like, this one guy is going to kill us. Those guys were like a pick your poison team. Like they're going to try and exploit whatever the difference was. When you look back at that series, what like what was it? Was there was there enough drama going on in the back, like behind the scenes that it kind of played out on the court? Or was it something that that was just kind of a bad matchup for, for you guys as as a roster? I think there's a bad matchup for us. Um, you know, Mel, Carl got hurt, you know, so he wasn't playing that series. And they played extremely well. I mean, they were a great team. Uh, and a team, you know, the team that has been kind of similar to them, you said with no superstars in recent history is probably, you know, uh, Atlanta Hawks a few years back. I, I would say Toronto, but they had Kawhi. But, I mean, Chauncey was an, an all-star. You know, Tayshaun was an all-star. I think they had four all-stars at one point. So they were all, mm-hmm. you know, not a superstars, but star players, uh, you know, but had, you know, you know, they, they, they sacrificed. So they weren't worried about, you know, averaging 25 a game. 
which they could easily done on, on different teams. So, you know, it, it was a combination of a few things. They were a great team. They played as well. Um, you know, Shaq, uh, I think Kobe, you know, deep down wanted to get that MVP um, because Shaq had it in the first three. You know, so Kobe was, you know, shooting a lot uh, for that series. Uh, Chauncey played well. Uh, they were singling Shaq, I remember. And Shaq could easily average 50, you know, uh, against Ben Wallace on, on the single. But I think at the end of the day, Kobe was really focused on getting that uh, the MVP award. Uh, but you know, again, uh, combination of it all, they, they they just they just beat us. Yeah, and I I remember that series too vividly. I mean that that Pistons team, like you said, it was just uh, and then Shaq was dominating inside. I remember against Ben Wallace, he was putting up he had a couple of yeah. forty twenty games, I think too. And and I know Kobe did Kobe did struggle a little bit uh, from the outside. One one more question about that series, like like for you as as a basketball player, you mentioned you know you 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 come up and and that's your goal and that's your dream is is to win a championship and. Like what? What was it like being in the NBA Finals? Is it is it a little bit different in terms of even from the Conference Finals in terms of media attention and preparation? Like how was that for you? I mean, it was cool. I mean, it was 15 years ago, so I don't know exactly, but yeah, it was just. I mean, back then, that's what we that's what we was expected to do. I mean, our, our team was always. If we didn't make that, it would have been a huge disappointment, you know. So even our first year, we made the Conference Finals and lost. But you know, with the Lakers back then, with Shaq and Kobe, you, you expected to win, so you expected to compete for championships. So it was. What we always planned, what we talked about at the beginning of the year, is what what was expected. Is what those guys expected of, of themselves. And as a rookie and a second year guy, we just expected to come along and try to find ways to get in and play somehow. You know, so the, the more, most of the, the media and stuff was not you know directed towards us. Obviously, we were just enjoying the ride and trying to find our way, uh, but not try to go out and party too much in LA and be crazy. You know? <laughs> but, <laughs> but we luckily had those vets. Uh, you know, that, you know, reeled us in. And like I said, every, every road trip, like just what those teams are talking about now, the team now, like, one guy goes to the movie, we all go to the movies. That's exactly how that team was. We would go on road trips, we'd go, we'd go to dinners, we'd go to movies, and that stuff really translates to you guys playing better on the court. So uh, that team was, you know, those, those two, those three years were amazing. And then you mentioned that. So you played one more year with, with Kobe after that, the, the 0405 season. Uh, I want to want to touch on your time with him. And you mentioned, you know, as a teammate, he might not have, have you know, directly maybe at that time he was, a, he was a young man himself. But, you mean, you know, he was showing you a lot. What did you notice about Kobe that, that maybe made him different than the average NBA player? <laughs> he was really, 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 really good. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, obviously, I mean, is, is he competitive? And he worked really hard. I mean, he had like a different focus. And I mean, he was kind of off to himself. I mean, he wouldn't really, you know, talk about. And his workouts and stuff became known later on as years passed. But most, for the most part, he stayed to himself. And and you see him in the gym working. If he wasn't working there, he was working someplace else. Well, you knew every waking moment he was working on trying to be a better basketball player somewhere. That is all. That's all he talked about. That's all he wanted to do. You know. So to have that focus was it's crazy. Like I couldn't imagine having that focus. I try to have that focus, but you know, life is. You know, <laughs> those things at you. But to to have that singular focus um, and the talent, and you get you get Kobe Bryant. Hey, you know, you mentioned that too. Being being a young man yourself, you know, coming in into the league, and I'm sure it's it's not hard. I mean, let's be honest, man. If I was if I was making millions of dollars at 22, 23 years old, I would have been out spending it, partying, and then having a good time. I'm a great time. As, yeah, of course. You know, <laughs> I, I'm sure you I'm sure you had your fair share of those too. Uh, you know, you played uh, you played uh, a few seasons in Charlotte. Um, your last few years in the league, you went Indiana, Philly. I uh, signed on with the, with the Clippers as well, and 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 you had uh, I believe you had an injury there that that kind of ran things short for you. But when you look back at at, at yourself, um, you know, and and just your personal career and your personal life, uh, if if you look back at now, even at at, at your as a as a thirty nine year old man um, turning forty this year, and you look back at it, 
what, what is something you would have been able to tell, to tell yourself coming into the league? Or maybe you would have done something different, just having the maturity and having the, the perspective that you have now. No, just keep working and have basketball be first. And that's it. I mean, it took some situations. One happened in Charlotte when I was with Bernie. Uh, I was waived like with a few games to go. And it was just it was just a bad look. And they said it was because I was a bad teammate or some stuff. I don't know where it came from. It was never reported who said that. But Bernie, the, he was a GM and Bernie Biggerstaff, GM and the coach at the time, um, said yeah. I got on his bad side and just pretty much waved me and made me look as bad as possible. So that stigma of why why did, why did he do that to him uh, it had to be something terrible for him to get away like that and it was never my, my agent never knew it was never really talked about so um that stigma kind of was like a black cloud on me for a while so that right there shifted my entire work ethic so never again was i going to be thought of as the guy that was never working hard or not the proper teammate or not doing this and not doing that uh, and it, it just happened that the year that i got hurt um I was really kind of showcasing myself and really kind of breaking through. I think it would have been my, my best year. Um, you know, I wasn't supposed to make the team. Um, I was like the 15th last guy invited to camp, ended up making the team within the first five games because I played so well throughout camp and uh, throughout practice. I was in the lineup. I took uh, rest in peace, Rasul Butler spot. And the first game I played, I got player of the game in, in Oklahoma City. And then I had a family situation. My daughter actually had surgery uh, in, in Columbia, Missouri, which was a few hours away. So, Obviously, I had, to, I had to make that. So I took a, uh, the next morning flight out to Columbia to, uh, to be there for my daughter. Uh, stayed in Columbia that night. Uh, actually called my agent. Like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to make the game. We actually had a game in, in New Orleans a couple of nights later. So I told him I was going to miss the game. He's like, you know, Korean, they really want you to play. So I said, cool. Made sure my daughter was fine. Didn't want to kill the momentum of me, you know, finally breaking the lineup. So I'm going to keep this going. So made the flight to um, to to, to to New Orleans, took two flights, landed in New Orleans around three o'clock. I went right from the airport right to the game, not expecting to play at all. So I warm up, whatever. In the first two minutes of the game, he puts me in. I get up and down the court twice. Boom, just at my knee. Oh, and that was the end. And that was how no. difficult is it? Like, do people understand how difficult it is to, to come back from an injury? Because I was going to ask you that too. And, you know, we look at it, man, and we, we say, especially, you know, young people, they look at it and say, oh, man, what a crazy, you know, how great it would be to, to be to the outside. It's like, wow, you're a professional athlete. You're making millions to play a game and, and you're doing what you love and, and you must have a great life. What's, what's the, you know, a couple of the downsides of being an NBA player that people might not get to see some of the struggles you go through as a person, as a human being. And I think people tend to forget that with athletes. Like, no, they're human beings first. And, and they still have, like you mentioned, you're, you're worried about your daughter and you've got other things going on. What, what, what are some of the downsides to being an NBA player? I mean, just, I mean, it's not about being an player, it's about being a human. You have, you go through things in life. It could be some, it's completely separated from the game of basketball. I mean, that basketball is your occupation. You're still a human. You still have family. You still have other things in your life that are, are not within those, those lines. So uh, when people deal with actually real world issues, I mean, it can be tough. You know, guys, like you said, we're human. We're looked upon as these guys who can jump, these superheroes, but as now, as, as you know, it's become more open now. And guys talking about mental health stuff. So we, we deal with things just like, it, like the regular day people do. They pay us a lot of money to play a game, but at the end of the day, it's still stressful. We still have, we still are insecure. Uh, so people talking about you, we're, we're even more accessible to people. You can't really say anything back because you look upon, you can kill endorsements. So it's a lot of pressure. It's, it's a negative, it can be, it's a negative even to what it is to be an NBA player or a celebrity or fame. You know, fame is a, is a, is a volatile thing sometimes. So, um, you know, but in the, the day, it is what you sign up for, is what you dream about. 
we get we put on such a you know great platform you know you have the ability to influence millions of people around the world so you, you take the good with the bad what's your what's your favorite memory of, of, of your basketball career look back at it uh whether it was time with the lakers or a funny story what, what is something you look back upon really fondly of of of, of being in the nba and getting to live out your, your dream which which like you mentioned man not you know very very small and i mean like microscopic percentage of people in the world get to do um wh- what do you look back at fondly the most out of, out of your playing career just being able to play to say i was, I was an nba player that brand and that accomplishment is never gonna go away they can't nobody can tell me it would have been amazing to win the nba championship which we had one in the family, so I can say that <laughs> through my family. We, we got NBA championship and an national championship in college as well. Uh, but just to say I made it, like you said, it's a very much small number. I think it's like a little bit over 4,000 people who've ever played in the NBA. So to be a part of that fraternity, uh, to have my brother be a part of a fraternity, which is even a smaller group of brothers who played. I wish my brother, older brother would have played, would have been even a smaller group of three brothers who played. Uh, so just to be part of the game of basketball, it's opened every single door uh, to everything I've done. Uh, since, since since I've been out the league, it's going to continue to open doors for me moving forward. Um, I, I can pass it on to the younger generation of something that I like to think I'm a master at. I've got my 10,000 hours in, so to be able to pass that down, pass all the lessons I've learned, um, you know, teamwork, camaraderie, uh, work ethic, all that stuff is passed down through the game of basketball, which I know the best. You know, so it's uh, it's been a lifelong love. It's, it's going to continue to be, and uh, yeah, and just you know, it's an honor to be able to play in the NBA. All right, I'm going to get you out of here on this. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, Kareem, so don't, don't mind it. And, and, and people are going to get – trust me, Lakers fans are crazy, I'm sure, as you know. So you're probably – if you don't say them, you're going to, you're going to get some flack for it. So just prepare for that. Uh, prediction yeah. for who wins the Western Conference in the NBA, the Eastern Conference, and who wins the NBA Finals? Oh, I'm going with – I mean, I know Milwaukee's coming out the East. You're confident in that? I'm confident in that. Giannis is unstoppable. Um, their point differential is crazy. So he's only playing 30 minutes a game. So they up that till before. And, and I mean, we'll see. And he's knocking down shots. So we'll see. Uh, playoff situation changes. They, they play you guys. They play differently. I like the way Philly's playing. I like Toronto. I just don't see them. They have they have enough. But so I say Milwaukee. And I mean, I like the Lakers. But you know, honestly, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say the Clippers. I like the Clippers. Um, I like what I like what they have. Uh, like you said, I'm worried about our bench. Um, but these last 20, 25 games, uh, I let uh, could, could ease that those those concerns. If, if Kuz kind of finds his his rhythm, uh, if Morris comes in and, and, and finds rhythm, um, you know, so th- that could change. But my gut is telling me that you know it, it might go seven, and the Clippers may get them to seven. But like you said, it, it, it may be one of those amazing performances that uh, you know a guy can come out and and win a game for you. So um, I'm gonna go Clippers versus uh, Milwaukee with um, with the Clippers winning it all. Oh man, okay, you're going, you're going for it now. Don't, don't, don't forget, I'm going to put this up on Twitter so people are going to start coming at you. Just, so, just, just so you know, for saying that because people hate, people hate the Clippers, and it's, it's been fun, you know, being here and, I both. and seeing I the both both both. You did, yeah. So your, your allegiance is, your allegiance is, is to either or because that's where you're getting your paycheck from, right? <laughs> so that's, so that's yeah, where you got to go. I'm, I'm down the middle. Uh, uh, I'm, I love Lakers. I love the Lakers. Yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm also a basketball player, so I'm just talking real. No, no, I know, I know what you mean, and and I, I feel the same way too. I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I hope that Markeith Morris will will add an element that the Lakers desperately need. But uh, I, I just think the way the Clippers, I mean, they've struggled as of late. Uh, but like you mentioned, it's regular season, and and everything kind of changes once uh, once you roll around to, into middle of April and, and the playoffs start. So uh, I think you, me, and any other basketball fan really want to see a Western Conference Finals of uh, of Clippers and Lakers. So hopefully we do get that. You know, everybody's fully healthy, and and that's what we get to see just as as basketball fans. Kareem, thanks a lot for doing this, man. I appreciate you taking the time out. 
I appreciate it, man. All right, that's Kareem Rush. You can follow him on. Don't forget to check out his podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, he hosts a show with Nick Hamilton that is focused mainly on, on the L.A. basketball uh, professional NBA teams, obviously being the Lakers and Clippers. Don't forget as well, subscribe to our podcast network. We are at the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. And, of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. That does it for this episode. I'll catch you all next week.